Chapter Fourteen of Fern's Hollow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fern's Hollow by Hesba Stretton. Chapter Fourteen A Brother's Grief. In a very short time, all the people at work on the surface of the mine knew that Stephen Fern's little sister was dead, lying dead in the very pit where he was then laboring for her with the spirit and strength and love of a father rather than a brother. Every face was overcast and grave, and many of the boys and girls were weeping, for little Nan had endeared herself to them all since she came to live at the Cinder Hill cabin. Tim felt faint and heartsick, almost wishing he could have perished in the child's stead for poor Stephen's sake. But he had to rouse himself, for one of the banksmen was going to shout the terrible tidings down the shaft, and if Stephen should be near instead of being at work farther in the pit, the words would fall upon him without any softening or preparation. He implored them to wait until he could run and tell Miss Anne, but while he was speaking they saw Miss Anne herself coming towards the pit, her face very pale and sorrowful, for the rumour had reached the master's house, and she was hastening to meet Stephen and comfort him if that were possible. "'Oh, Miss Anne!' cried Tim. "'It will kill poor Stephen if it come upon him sudden-like. I know the way through the old pit to where poor little Nan had fallen, and I'll go and find her. The roofs dropped in, and only a boy could creep along, but who's to tell Stevie? Oh, Miss Anne, couldn't you go down with me and tell him gently your own self? Yes, I will go, said Miss Anne, weeping. Underground, in those low, dark, pent-up galleries, lighted only here and there by a glimmering lamp, the colliers were busy at their labours, unconscious of all that was happening overhead. Stephen was at work at some distance from the others, loading a train of small square wagons with the blocks of coal which he and Black Thompson had picked out of the earth. He was singing softly to himself the hymns that he and little Nan had been learning during the summer in the red gravel pit, and he smiled as he fancied that little Nan was perhaps singing them over as well by the cabin fire. He did not know, poor boy, that at that moment Tim was creeping through the winding, blocked-up passages, so long untrodden to the bottom of the old shaft, and that when he returned he would be bearing in his arms a sad, sad burden upon which his tears would fall unavailingly. Stephen's comrades were all of a sudden very quiet, and their pickaxes no longer gave dull, muffled thumps upon the seam of coal, but he was too busy to notice how idle and still they were. It was only when Cole spoke to him, in a tone of extraordinary mildness, that the boy paused in his rough and toilsome employment. "'My lad,' said Cole, "'Miss Anne's coming down the pit, and she's asking for thee.' "'She promised she'd come some day,' cried Stephen, with a thrill of pleasure, and a quicker throbbing of his heart as he darted along the narrow paths to the loftier and more open space near the bottom of the shaft where Miss Anne was waiting for him. The covered lamps gave too little light for him to see, 
how pale and sorrow-stricken she looked but the solemn tenderness of her voice sank deeply into his heart stephen my dear boy she said are you sure that i care for you and would not let any trouble come upon you if i could help it yes surely miss anne answered the boy wonderingly your father which is in heaven cares much more for you she continued but whom the lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth god is dealing with you as his son stephen can you bear the sorrow which is sent by him if the lord jesus will help me he murmured he will help you my poor boy said miss anne oh stephen stephen how can i tell you our little nan our precious little child has fallen down the old shaft stephen reeled giddily and would have sunk to the ground but cole held him up in his strong arms while his comrades gathered around him with tears and sobs which prevented them uttering any words of consolation but he could not have listened to them he fancied he heard the pattering of nan's little feet and saw her laughing face but no he heard instead the dull and lingering footsteps of tim and saw a little lifeless form folded from sight in tim's jacket the little lass a die very easy whispered cole passing his arm tighter round stephen and she's up in heaven among the angels by this time i reckon stephen drew himself away from cole's arm and staggered forward a step or two to meet tim when he took the sad burden from him and sat down without a word pressing it closely to his breast his perfect silence touched all about him miss anne hid her face in her hands and some of the men groaned aloud the old pit ought to have been bricked up years ago said cole the child's death will be upon the master's head it'll all go to one reckoning muttered black thompson but stephen seemed not to hear their words still with the child clasped tightly to him he waited for the lowering of the skip and when it descended he seated himself in it without lifting up his head which was bent over the dead child miss anne and tim took their places beside him and they were drawn up to the broad glittering light of day on the surface where a crowd of eager bystanders was waiting for stephen's appearance don't speak to me please he murmured without looking round and they made way for him in his deep silent grief as he passed on homewards followed by miss anne once she saw him look up to the hills where at fern's hollow the new house stood out conspicuously against the snow and when they passed the shaft he shuddered visibly but yet he was silent and scarcely seemed to know that she was walking beside him the cabin was full of women from botfield for martha had fallen into a violent fit of hysterics and none of their remedies had any effect in soothing her one of them took the dead child from stephen's arms at the door and bade him go away and sit in her cottage till she came to him but he turned off towards the hills and miss anne seeing that she could say nothing to comfort him just then watched him strolling along the old road that led to fern's hollow with his arms folded and his head bent down as if he was still carrying that sad burden which he had borne up from the pit so closely pressed against his heart
End of chapter 14